We've been in this series for a couple weeks. Pastor Will did the first two uh, in the series called Parallel. And the big idea behind the series is following themes that um, we find in the Old Testament as well in the New. You know, oftentimes when we, when we think of the Old Testament and the New Testament, we think, you know, they're, they're two completely different things. Um, but what you discover are that there are some incredible themes that are actually present in both the Old Testament and in the New. And what you find sometimes in the Old actually gets amplified uh, in the New. That was one of the, one of the whole uh, purposes behind when Jesus made the statement. He said, you know, I haven't really come to abolish the law. <clears throat> I've actually come to fulfill it and bring it to a whole new level. And uh, that's what we've been talking about in this series. We've been looking at some, some, some great stuff. Well, my assignment today was to talk about a theme that I, I think is so incredible and so powerful. But as I was unpacking it this week, I thought that, you know, there is so much stuff in this that I really want to slow it down. And I, I want to take two weeks to unpack this big idea uh, rather than do this message I was going to do next week. So beginning today, I, I want to talk about this big idea that God is with us. Would you say that? God is with us. One more time. God is with us. I always loved the story from, from years ago about the uh, kindergarten class where the uh, teacher was asking the kids, um, you know, what do you want to be when you grow up? And the kids were, you know, giving the typical answers that, you know, kids were, the, you know, some of the boys were saying, you know, I want to be a policeman or I want to be a fireman. And the girls were saying, I want to be a teacher or I want to be a nurse. Uh, so interesting when it got to one little five-year-old boy, though, because he looked at, the, looked at the teacher and with a lot of excitement, he says, I want to be a lion tamer. And the teacher went, whoa, <laughs> you know, don't you think that's uh, kind of scary? And he saw the look on her face and he saw the look on the other kids' faces and he looked at her and he said, well, he said, well, my, my mother will be with me, you know. <laughs> well, isn't it amazing uh, how much courage we can find when we discover that we're not alone? Um, in fact, I find it interesting that, you know, some years ago I read that psychologists say that there are really only three fears that we're born with. Um, one is the fear of loud noises. The other is the fear of falling. But the third is the fear of being alone. I think that's why God, in his wisdom when he created us, designed us in such a way that he wanted to be with us. Um, you know, when you go back to, to creation, when God created Adam and Eve, um, you, you get this picture of them in the garden. And what's so interesting is historically for the, for the Jews, the Hebrew idea of perfection is Adam and God walking together in the cool of the day, uh, that they would talk with each other like a friend to a friend. And, and you can imagine at the beginning that that was the kind of intimacy that they shared together and how cool that was. But then when Adam and Eve sinned and that relationship was interrupted and they were removed from the garden, you know, suddenly you've got mankind walking on their own. And if you follow the Bible all the way from the beginning to the end, what you see all through Scripture is God's desire, once again, to be with us. He wants to be with us. 
And that's, the, that's what you follow. And, and all through the Old Testament is, is when God uh, reveals himself to Abraham. Uh, it's this desire to reestablish this relationship so God and his creation can reconnect and to have a people who could be and, and be with God. And you see this unfolding all throughout the Old Testament. Uh, and as it comes down from, from Abraham, then down to Moses, and, and you see God kind of reaching out and claiming this people as his own. And it's just this beautiful, beautiful, beautiful picture. And you got to understand how, how foreign this was to the rest of the world. Um, you know, every, every culture had a God, but it was a God that was way out there. It was a deity that... Uh, you couldn't know. It was a deity that you couldn't reach. It was a deity that you couldn't touch. And, and then you have God with his very own people. And as God was leading the, his people to the promised land, that was his, his, his promise was that, you know, all when you follow all through the Old Testament, you hear the promise over and over again, I will be with you. I will be with you. With you now, if you have your sermon outline, you want to you want to take it out. You can track along with me. We'll we'll throw this up on the screen. But I want I want to look at um, for a few moments, just kind of setting this up for today and for next week. Uh, I, I want to look for just a moment at, at how profound and how powerful this presence really was. And again, you got to understand that it was that presence of God that the, the Israelites in the Old Testament really saw themselves as being a special people under God. And now God is leading his people to the promised land. I want you to look at this conversation that he has with Moses. He says, one day Moses said to the Lord, you have been telling me, take these people up to the promised land, but you haven't told me whom you will send with me. You have told me, I know you by name, and I look favorably on you. And if that is true, and you look favorably on me, let me know your ways so that I may understand you fully and continue to enjoy your favor. And remember that this nation is your very own people. The Lord replied, listen to this, I will personally go with you, Moses. Do you have any idea? of the impact of that statement to Moses. I will go per personally go with you, Moses, and I will give you rest, and everything will be fine for you. And then Moses said, if you don't personally go with us, then don't make us leave this place. Now, these, again, remember, when Moses and the people were traveling, before they ever got to the promised land, they would build what they called a tabernacle. It was kind of like a portable church. And when God wanted to meet with, with Moses, he would call Moses to that tabernacle. Moses would go into that tabernacle, and this cloud would settle down upon it, and it was the glory of God. And the people would see this. They would stand outside their tents, and they would, they would see these clouds. So they're experiencing this presence from a God. Though it be distant, they were experiencing this presence from God. And, and Moses is like, you know, this is incredible. This is wonderful. We can't imagine anything. So if, if, if you're not going to go, if we're not going to get that, you know, we, we don't really want to go from here. We don't want to leave this place because this is pretty, pretty amazing. How will anyone know that you look favorably on me, on me and on your people, if you don't 
go with us. Now, read this last sentence out loud with me. For your presence among us sets your people and me apart from all other people on earth. Let that settle in for a second. Your presence, Lord, your presence among us, that's what sets your people and me apart from all other people on earth. That's why this idea of God being with them was so powerful then. As they, as they got to uh, the edge of the, the banks of the Jordan River and they were getting ready to go into the promised land and Moses was trying to give the people encouragement as they were to be brave to go over. Look at Deuteronomy 31.6. So he says, so be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid and do not panic before them, before these armies you're gonna face. Read it with me. For the Lord your God will personally go ahead of you. He will neither fail you nor abandon you. And again, that was what gave them the courage to say, as God was with Moses, he's gonna be with us, and so we can do this. And you find that theme all throughout the New Testament. But God was up to something bigger. As God was promising his presence in the Old Testament, he was preparing them for the Messiah. He was preparing them for a time when he was going to come back again from heaven to earth, just like he had done at the beginning. And the presence of God would once again be among them. And I, I love in Isaiah 7, we get this glimpse of it, of it happening as he's talking about the Messiah. He says, all right then, the Lord himself will give you the sign. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. Read it with me, church. She will give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel, which means, which means what? God with us. In other words, that, and that was why this, they were looking forward to this Messiah. You know, wow, what is this going to be? God is going to be with us uh, again. And John 1, as he talked about Jesus said, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and that Word was God. And then look at what happened, John 1, 14. Read it out loud. And the Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us, and we have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. And for three years, God in the flesh walked among mankind again. Can you imagine being one of the disciples, just like Adam did at the beginning, walking with God in the cool of the day, the disciples are walking with Jesus each and every day, that powerful presence of God with them once again. But Jesus knew that the only way that mankind was going to experience that was for him to go away so that the Spirit might come and be able to be present for all people. And this was his promise in Matthew 28, 20, as he was telling them to go into all the world and preach the gospel. He said, teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. Read it with me. And be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Old Testament, New Testament, God's desire is to be with us. Here's my question to us this morning. Are you aware of your own personal need to have the presence of God with you? You see, one of the 
One of the illusions in this culture is that man can be man without God. It's the presence of God with us that gives us our identity. Amen? Now, next week, I, I want to talk about how the presence of God makes such a difference at various uh, times in our life and, and helps us in various ways in our life. And I want to unpack all that next week. T- today, I, I want to I take just a couple moments and I want to talk about, I want to make just a few observations about this incredible you know, promise, this incredible, powerful presence of God. And just a couple of ways to say, you know, what do we really need to do? What do we really need to be reminded of if we're going to fully lean into that? Are you ready? Let me just give you a few thoughts about this presence of God. Here's the first one. This whole idea of the presence of God, it's founded on this idea of commitment. It's founded on this idea of commitment. You know, one of the analogies that Scripture makes over and over again is that it compares our relationship with God being in our life to a marriage. Uh, It's two entities entering into a covenant agreement together. That's why you find all the way through Scripture, you find God saying things like, if you, then I. If you, then I. In other words, there is a part in this where God says, I am, I am committing myself to you, and I need you to commit yourself to me. It was like God saying with Adam, he goes, I'm, I'm going to give you a perfect place. I'm going to provide for you perfectly. You're going to have everything you need, and all I want you to do is enjoy it. There's only one thing as a part of this covenant you can't do. You can't do this. You know, if you, if you will stay here, then I can stay with you. And it was when Adam broke that covenant that that relationship was dissolved and Adam and, Adam and God were separated. And over and over again, God says to his people, you know, I, I want you to do this. I want you to do this. If you will do this, then I will enter into it. In fact, when, before they were going into the, uh, to, to the uh, promised land, you see God one more time because all, all the way through Exodus, the people of God kept, kept breaking that covenant, kept breaking that commitment. And, and, and before they went into the promised land, God is saying, he sits down with them and he says, you know, you got to get this straight. I'm setting before you today life and death, blessings and curses. I want you to choose life. Now, what's he saying? Deuteronomy 30, 20, it's on your outline. He says, you can make this choice. By loving the Lord your God, obeying him, and committing yourself firmly to him, this is the key to your life. When Jesus Christ came from heaven to earth to have bring God's presence to us once again, Jesus wanted to show mankind the fullness of God's love. And so he offered his life on the cross. Do you remember what Jesus said when he was on the cross as he was dying? He quoted Psalm 22, verse 1. Anybody know what that says? Anybody remember? In the Aramaic, it's the Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani, which means what? Anybody remember? My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? In other words, Jesus took upon himself the sins of the world. 
uh, and, and, and separated himself in, 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 that, in that presence of God in order for us to walk always. In other words, Jesus said, this is, my, how, this is how committed I am to you. How much do I love you? I love you this much. God was all in. And when we talk about how do we really experience that presence of God, it's our going all in with him. Amen. Yeah, years ago, um, when Wanda and I were living in, in Houston, Wanda had a, a friend she worked with uh, when she worked for the state uh, who was getting married. And um, she was taking a job in San Antonio, and her fiance was going to take a job in San Antonio. They were going to relocate there. And so they had the wedding. She was actually from San Antonio. She decided to have the, the wedding there and invited Wanda and I to, to come over for the weekend and, and be a part, uh, be, be in the audience at the wedding. And it was an amazing, an amazing wedding. How many of you have ever been to San Antonio? But, oh, just a gorgeous place. And the wedding was in this beautiful mission that was right along the, the river there. And uh, you know, very formal, very, really, really nice, very elegant. And then after the wedding, we went outside and they had uh, all of this stuff for the reception. They had all of these different carts of Mexican food. And uh, where they were serving it, you know, making it right here on site. And, and I love Mexican food. And I'm like, this is, this is, I mean, I'm going from cart to cart. This is back in the day when I was young and I could eat whatever I wanted. You know, those days are gone. But, you know, I was just going from cart to cart. And it was great. And they had mariachi bands walking around and playing. It was, it was, I don't know how much money they spent on this thing, but it was, it was absolutely amazing. After the wedding was over, they went back to Houston, Susan moved to San Antonio, but her husband never came. He never came to San Antonio. He never moved to San Antonio. He never took a job in San Antonio. He stayed in Houston until finally a year, year and a half later, whenever it was, when Susan realized he's not going to join me here, she dissolved the marriage. Marriage isn't about a wedding. Marriage is about relationship. Marriage is not about a lot of fanfare and pomp and circumstance. Marriage is about two people totally committing themselves to one another. Does that make sense to you? To be in each other's lives. And when we talk about the presence of God, look at me for a second. You got to hear this. God is totally committed to you. He is totally committed to you. To have his presence fully in your life, all you need to do is to be totally committed to him. Amen? It's founded on that kind of commitment. And this morning, you know, if you've never experienced that presence of God, I just want to encourage you to open your heart and life to him. It'll be the greatest step that you ever take. But let me tell you something else. Not only is it founded on commitment, you got to know this, it relies upon faith. It relies upon faith. The moment we say that we really want the presence of God in our lives, part of what we're saying is, Lord, I'm willing to go wherever you go. 
And when you enter into that relationship with God, when we step into that presence of God, here's the deal. It's the presence of God that takes the lead. Did you hear what Moses said? He said, Lord, wherever your presence go, that's where I want to be. This is a you lead and we follow. When Jesus called his disciples to be in relationship with him, to spend time with him, do you remember what he said to them? Follow me. And then that, we gotta, we gotta understand that because don't, the fact of the matter is, so often in our journey of faith, we wanna go wherever we wanna go and we just want God to tag along. But the reality is, God says, if you wanna walk with me, I'm going to lead you. Now, how many of you have discovered sometimes God leads us to some pretty scary places. Yeah. Uh, you know, whenever I think about this, I, I go back to when God entered into this covenant relationship with Abram. And in chapter 12 of Genesis, God comes to Abram and he says, Abram, he said, I want you to leave your home. I want you to leave your family, extended family. I want you to leave everything that you're familiar with. And I want you to go to a place that I'm going to show you. And uh, I mean, that's, that's scary enough. But Abram goes, and he, he leaves his father's house. He leaves his extended family. He, he takes his wife, Sarah, and he takes his nephew, Lot, and his family, and they, they get all their animals, and, and they head off, and, and they follow God. And what's crazy, as you read that chapter 12, as you get down to verse 9 or 10, they get to the, the, the place where God was taking them to, and as soon as they get there, the Bible says, and there was a famine in the land, and they had to go to Egypt for a while. And I remember reading that one time in my quiet time and just started laughing and saying, God, you know, that's exactly how life is. I mean, how many of you, have you ever been in that position where, you know, where you're following the will of God and you know God is leading you and you, you walk with him and you follow him and as soon as you get there, everything goes wrong? And you're like, really, Lord? You know, really? I, I left where I was for this? And you think this is, you know, this is crazy and you're wondering what's going wrong and did I hear God wrong or did God leave me? And no, 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 because if you follow the storyline of Abram, what you, under, what you come to realize is God has knowledge that you and I don't have. God has insight that you and I don't know. God has plans that we're not privy to. I love in the story of Abram because as, as Abram followed him, here's what it says. It says, and Abram believed God. <clears throat> and because he believed God, God was able to pour out all kinds of blessings on him. Look at me for a second. I want you to hear my heart. If you make a commitment to our Lord Jesus Christ, and you invite the presence of God to be prevalent in your life, what I can promise you is that God will never abandon you. But I can also promise you, you won't always understand what he's up to. And that's just a part of the journey. Amen. Amen. Romans 1, 17 Paul says, this good news tells us how God makes us right in his sight. Read it with me, church. This is accomplished from start to finish by faith. This is accomplished from start to finish, how? By faith. As the scriptures say, keep reading, it is through faith that a righteous person has life. Presence of God, founded on commitment. 
relies upon faith. Let me give you one more. But it's sustained by grace. It's sustained by grace. You know what's amazing to me when I read the Bible? is how God never gave up on us. You know, when you read the Old Testament and you read Moses leading the people, following the cloud and the presence of God, and how time and time again they they abandoned God, how time and time again they walked away from God, how over and over again you, you see them failing God, and yet you find God taking them back again and again and again. You get to the New Testament, and you, you see Jesus walking with his disciples, and you see that even though Jesus was there, how they get afraid, and you see how Jesus, even when he tells them, you're going to get scared, you're going to abandon me, and you know, Peter going, no, Lord, even if all of them do, I'll never, I'll never abandon you, I'll never deny you, and, and, and yet he does, and you see it over and over again, and yet you see Jesus taking them back again and again and again, and that's how it is. Look at me, you got to hear this. As, as we un- step into that presence of God, here's what we know. As much as we want to try to love God with all that we have, we are going to fall short of being 100% faithful to him. But we have a God who is ever so much more faithful to us than we are to him. Amen? I, I love what Psalm 103 says. It says, the Lord is like a father to his children Tender and compassionate to those who fear him. Read it with me, church. For he knows how weak we are. He remembers we are only dust. I mentioned earlier that Wanda and I have had a chance to spend some time with our grandkids. And, and uh, I've often said, you know, if I knew grandparenting, being a grandparent would be this much fun, I would have skipped kids altogether and just gone straight to grandkids, you know. Uh, they're, just, they're just a delight and a joy. And I say that with my son present this morning. <laughs> we, were, uh, we had the chance um, a while back to be out in Baltimore where my oldest son and, our, our, and his wife and our grandkids live. And Wanda and I went out, uh, got to spend some time with them, and... Um, of course, Baltimore, like here, uh, is, you know, everything's locked down with COVID, so we couldn't take them to the aquarium, we couldn't take them to the zoo, we couldn't take them to the marina. But we did get to, we took them to a hotel, and we got them out of Ben and Charlie's here for a couple of days, and, and we decided a couple of different times to go out to a park. And we found this one really nice park that had a trail that went around a, a lake, and um, we got a chance to walk. Throw that picture up on the screen for me. This is me walking along with my, uh, my granddaughter, Jolie. Uh, Jolie will be 12 in October, and many of you are aware that she is um, autistic. Uh, she is a delightful child, and I cannot even begin to express to you the love that Wanda and I feel for this little girl. She's an amazing, amazing kid. But you'll notice as we're walking along, we're holding hands. Do you think we're holding hands because I love her so much? Yeah, that's partly true. 
But if you knew Jolie at all, you would know something else about her. She likes to run off. So I'm holding her hand so she can't get away. <laughs> um, as we're walking around this lake, there are woods to run toward. There is a, a busy street nearby. And, and so we're walking, and she willingly holds my hand, and we're walking around this path and, and uh, around this lake. Um, because Throw that next picture up. Because if you're not careful... <laughs> This is me running down and grabbing. Jolie will see something there in the water. It could be a little flower. It could be just something there. But she will immediately just run toward the water, and she will run toward danger. And uh, when I, man, I've got to zoom in, and there's a great picture of me when she got too close to the water's edge, and I had to get down and get in front of her and, and push her back, and Wanda, Wanda caught that as I got her, guided her back on the path. Throw that next picture up. And then you can see us. Continuing on. And that's what God does. God loves you more than you will ever be able to imagine. And even as he hears our promises to commit ourselves to him and to follow him, here's what the Lord knows we are a people who are prone to wander. And God keeps his hand near to us and he guides us and he reaches out and he pulls us back and he nudges us. And that's why over and over again, you and I will hear the voice of the Spirit calling us back because no matter how far we wander away or how many times we wander away from his hand, God's commitment to us is that he will always seek to bring us back to that path of his love. Amen. Rachel, come on up. How much of the, the presence of God are you experiencing in your own journey of faith? This morning, Rachel's going to lead us in a song in just a second, and then I want to I just pray for us, but these next few moments, I, I just want to encourage you to, to take a few moments just to open your heart and your life up to, to really encounter God in a fresh new way. God does not force himself upon any of us, but he invites us to encounter his incredible, powerful presence. This morning, I, I want to invite you, if if you've never committed your life to him, if you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, maybe you've been around church, maybe you've been around God, but, but you've never really just signed on the dotted line and said, Lord, I'm all in, man. You're all in with me. Look at me, please. Aren't you tired of doing life alone? Aren't you tired of trying to figure all of this out all by yourself? It doesn't matter who you are, where you've been, or what you've done. God is willing to completely forgive you of your past and to walk with you again if you'll walk with him. There may be some of us that maybe are struggling in our faith. Maybe even God, we felt God nudging us toward places that we're really scared to go. Maybe we feel God leading us in directions that we're unsure of. And maybe, maybe our prayer this morning is, Lord, I... I do want your presence in my life, but, 
I need, I need a little better dose of faith. And maybe this morning that's your prayer. God, would you fill me with more faith to follow you more clearly and more nearly? Or maybe there's some of us, we've committed our life to Christ. And, but maybe in recent times we've, we've wandered off the path a bit. Like Joe Lee, we've kind of made our way toward things that we really shouldn't make our way toward or been involved in things we shouldn't be involved in or reaching out for things that we shouldn't be reaching out for. Or maybe we've just gotten busy and kind of walked away from God a little bit. And maybe, maybe today is just a great day to say, God, I want to be close again. I want to feel your arm around me. I want to feel what it's like to walk closely with you. Jesus came to be Emmanuel, God with us. As Rachel leads us in the song, would you just open your heart and say, Lord, draw near to me as I seek to draw near to you. Our Father, it's absolutely amazing to us when we think about the fact that you created us to be in relationship with you. Your desire from the very beginning is that you would be with us. And we are the people who have often walked away. But we thank you today that regardless of our rebellion, regardless of our strong-headedness, independence, how thankful we are today, Lord, that you never gave up on us. That over and over again throughout history, you have continued to reach out for us. And today, Lord, we hear your voice drawing us near. And God, I, I have no idea where the people watching today online and the people who are here, where they are on their journey. What I know is that you desire to be close to them. Your word tells us that if we will draw near to God, that you will draw near to us. And so, Father, today I pray. I pray for all of those, Lord, who maybe for the first time in their lives are, are making a commitment to you to serve you as Savior and Lord. And I, I pray, Father, that they will experience a peace and a presence that is beyond anything they have ever imagined. I know that there are some of us, Lord, who are struggling and following you. Our, our faith grows weak. And sometimes, Lord, you lead us to scary places and you have us walk through waters that are really deep. But you promise you'll be with us every step of the way. So give us faith. Give us courage. Help us to not be afraid. And Father, sometimes we're just like Joe Lee. Even though we love you, sometimes we let go of your hand and head off in our own direction. Something catches our gaze or attention or we just get distracted. Father, how thankful we are that you don't just let us go, but you call us back again and again and again. Lord, you are ever so much more faithful to us than we are to you. And today we acknowledge that it is only by your grace we're able to sustain this journey. So we thank you. Father, my prayer is that as your people that we would experience your presence in a profound and personal way like we never have before. So Lord, as we lean into you, would you lean into us and change us? into the people you need us to be. That's our prayer today. 
In your precious name we pray. And everyone said, amen. Amen.